Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. I am so excited to introduce my special guest today, Stephen Posner. Stephen is a producer of Brain Matters, a groundbreaking documentary film that explores the development of the brain in early childhood. Stephen has been deeply involved in all aspects of the film's production, including financing, story development, production leadership, marketing, partnerships, and distribution. Prior to his work on Brain Matters, Stephen co-founded and served as chief business officer of Future Lighthouse, a leading international virtual reality storytelling studio. Stephen, welcome. I am so excited to talk with you today on this episode. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here, and thanks, uh, thanks for, for having us, giving us a chance to talk a little bit about uh, Brain Matters, which I think matters to everybody. <laughs> I, I think it does. You're absolutely right. So let's, let's dive right in, because I am so impressed and so excited about the fact that you're inviting the world to look at and rethink how we are raising and educating all of our children so they get the very best start in life. Can you share a few things that are really important in not only the documentary, but in what you believe in terms of getting children the best start or giving children the best start? Absolutely. So I think um, the, the biggest thing for me, uh, having gone through the process of the documentary and the learning that we've had, is that uh, there are these early years, uh, depending in what country it is, it could be the first two, three, four, five years, are really absolutely fundamental for what happens in the future of that child. Uh, why? Because it is during those early years that literally the foundation of the brain is physiologically built. Uh, so what a child experiences during those years is absolutely fundamental for what uh, you know, how their brain develops and, and grows. And I think these experiences uh, have been researched and analyzed by a lot of practitioners, a lot of scientists. And I think to many parents, it would come to a surprise as to how important those years, sort of these years when kids uh, you know, can't really talk, can't really interact that much, that's actually the most important brain building time. And there's others in life, but in terms of what happens in those first few years is absolutely critical for laying the foundation for what happens next. And I'm happy to go into a lot of the little details details there. Um, but it really is that this is the miracle years. This is a moment where we can change the course of things. And I think if parents just really understood this, there's a lot of things that are in their control uh, that are very easy, that are very simple and very impactful. I love how you describe it as the miracle years. Wow, that's, that's so, um, such an important way to look at it. And so you're not really just talking about parents because caregivers, even uh, teachers, you know, preschool teachers or um, I know my kids went to Terrific 2 programs. So these early years are years that are affected by not just the, the parents in the home, but others as well, correct? Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, and this does uh, get highlighted in the documentary. Like at a very, very young age, obviously the kids recognize and smell their parents, but it's almost any person 
that interacts with them in a certain style is helping them uh, dramatically in their in their in their brain development and their social development so you're totally spot on i mean parents and caregivers have a key, a key role but anybody that interacts with that child brothers siblings friends uh, anybody in the public uh, actually is contributing to the development uh, of that child in a good way or a bad way so you you mentioned um, any person that interacts in a certain style. Can you share a little bit about what you see that style, so to speak, to look like? A little bit of insight for our listeners. Absolutely. So this, um, and it's been researched a lot uh, in the Harvard Center of the Developing Child, there's something called serve and return response, uh, which is just having an interaction, eye-to-eye connection. Um, if, if a little baby Googles at you, and you Google back. Um, it is they serve up an interaction, and you respond to that interaction either with sounds, with words, with emotions, with with uh, with connection. So person to person, direct uh, communication. Also, which I think is very much in the theme that that uh, that uh, you're committed to, in in the theme of conscious parenting, is really showing up in a way that you're showing up for them, not for yourself. Uh, and that type of interaction, where you're conscious of what you're what you're doing and how you're showing up with your child, uh, to be able to sort of connect with them on on their level. But the most simplest one is this idea of the serve and return interaction. And another one that I absolutely love, and we can dig in a little bit more. It's really words, 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 words. Um, the kids in the first few years of life, um, obviously they can't speak, but they are registering every single sound, every single word. Uh, you know, by month 12, a child is capable of distinguishing the sound of any single language on the planet. And then through experience and repetition, they start to hone in phonetically on the language that they're familiar with. So words are actually super important because it starts building the structure of the brain and it starts making these connections between, between things in the world and themselves. Um, and the amount of words that a child hears in the first few years of life determines the amount of words that they speak. And that starts to have a correlation with the reading levels uh, when they go into, into, into first grade. Um, so mm, speaking to your child, narrating. Uh, in the film, you see a couple of experts saying, if you're putting the dishes on the table, saying, you know, here's one, two, three, four, five plates. We need five napkins. Or in the supermarket, let's get some yellow bananas. And, oh, what's that? You know, an apple. Let's go get that apple. That narration. Uh, those words, uh, a constant stream of words and sounds is amazing for stimulating brain development. So there's a style of interaction and then it's also the use of words is something that's really important. I love that. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I just want to highlight that, that you said, I mean, everything you said was so important, that, that conscious interaction where we are actually connecting, not just verbally, but with our own bodies in terms of talking with our child, no matter what age that child is, a little baby, just making that eye contact, being present with them, fully present with them, not distracted, but there for them and with them in every way, shape and form. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, and recognizing faces 
and understanding faces uh, is also a precursor to language skill development. Um, and this is something that's been studied quite a bit, uh, quite a bit at Harvard. In the documentary, uh, I think one of the one of the segments that really touched me. There's um, this uh, test called the still face still face test, where um, there's this woman with a probably 18 month old baby. And the researcher instructs uh, the mom to interact with the baby, and the baby's super happy and thrilled, and then tells the, 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 ad, the mother to look away and put on an expressionless still face and look back to the child. And the child is seeing the mother with this like still non-expression face and starts to get, you know, uses all the tricks in the book to try to capture attention. And uh, it doesn't work. And suddenly it's like the child gets very agitated and upset and eventually resigns to the same expression that the mother has. Just the energy just disappears out of her, and she just kind of plops down. Then the doctor asks her to re-engage, and you see how she, she snaps back. But it just shows you how, how you show up. Your expressions, um, being conscious of your expressions when you're doing with your child, actually influences them in a way that you might really not be aware of, and that's why it's so important. I, I I didn't know all the history behind it, but I couldn't agree more. I mean, kids really do take our energy on and feel our energy. They're like little sponges, unaware, right? Unaware of what they're actually doing, but certainly very aware of the energy in the room, the energy around them and in front of them. Absolutely. So let's, let's touch a little bit on um, the environment. I'd love to talk about the environment, a little bit about nutrition, um, you know, healthy brains from a nutritional standpoint. Can you shed some light on that in yeah. those two areas? So environment, um, just to, what do you mean by environment? So I'm, I'm answering correctly. So how can we structure the environment for our children that is best serving them? Um, you know, from the things that we purchase or the things that we have. I mean, I know raising kids isn't about buying them every toy, you know, from, from zero to five, we don't have to have mass amounts of toys, right? And many, many can't even afford mass amount of toys. We used to play with boxes when I was a kid. So what are some of the things that are safe and, and helpful for brain development in terms of having around the environment, you know, for, for play? Great. So I think the first thing is, is what you should not have, which is devices. Uh, I mean, it's like, I think everybody pretty, uh, probably a lot of your listeners are in that camp, but uh, obviously we all at certain points in time need to use uh, the devices as babysitters, but be super conscious that devices are probably the worst thing that you could provide a child in, in these early years. Um, the types of things... Uh, it's really, I love the way you phrase it in terms of environments, uh, because it really is less about things and it's more about the, 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 the spaces that can create a style and a type of, of interaction. Uh, obviously, things that are set up at the, the height and, 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 you know, got these beautiful little tables. But when you look at really groundbreaking um, kindergarten schools or preschools, it's not about having a lot of money in there. They just set up these play areas, thematic play areas, and everything is really thought of from their vantage point and their, and their perspective. Uh, anything that encourages sensorial and, and interactive play. 
So anything that, that you know, teases the senses and touch and smell, uh, things that allow you to pretend uh, play in things in real life, because kids are fascinated in understanding how the world works. So little, you know, little areas like that has, you know, little kitchen, uh, costumes, dressing up. But I think, to me, the important takeaway, at least as a parent when I saw the film, is that uh, to a certain degree, it's the environment matters, but what matters way more is the attitude. And it comes back to the whole interaction thing. The laundry room in your house could be an amazing place to interact because you can sort laundry. You could start laundry as textures, is, is just a universe of, of textures. And then you've got silk, you've got wool, you've got um, Velcro. It's, I mean, that is an amazing world to play. So I would almost encourage um, a lot of parents to really think about the world is the perfect environment. What needs to happen is just the mindset of seeing how there is play everywhere in terms of an opportunity to, to develop. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's so. That's such a great point. I just want to highlight again because I think sometimes we think as parents, oh, we have to do the laundry, you know, when the kids are asleep or the kids are occupied or we turn on a device. And yet when we can include little ones, very little ones in this process and then be part of it, it's, it's number one connecting, but they're learning so much. Yeah. I mean, and I want to put in a little plug um, because one of our collaborators um, is an organization called Mind in the Making uh, that's part of the, the Bezos Family Foundation, and they have an amazing app called Vroom, V-R-O-O-M. And it's a very simple app that gives you tons of tips and ideas of how to turn everyday moments into learning activities with your child. Uh, so highly, you know, maybe we can put that in the show notes, but highly recommend that app as uh, as something that just makes parents realize, oh my God, I can do this while we're shopping. I can do this while we're waiting for the bus. I can do this in everyday uh, interactions. Mm, I love that. I will, I will make sure that that is shared. Room, excellent. Yeah. Great, um, great. Uh, sounds like a great app and I'll look at that myself. So on the nutritional front, mm-hmm. um, I think um, in sort of a little bit of constructive criticism to ourselves, I think in, as far as the documentary is concerned, I think it's, we're quite underserved in our discussion of nutrition in the, in the documentary itself. Uh, we do have uh, a lot of footage, but that didn't make it into the final cut um, because uh, since it's a global film, there's a lot of nuances and sensitivities towards different dietary recommendations and cultures uh, that made it very difficult to say, hey, this is you know, the right thing to, to feed kids. I think there's a lot of unanimity in terms of what's not good, uh, that clearly breastfeeding, if possible, and that does come out in the film, is very important because of the nutritional value of the breast milk from the mother, but also the emotional connection that gets established. I think principles of, of once you start introducing other foods, the degree to which uh, you can, and I think this is true for almost everyone, uh, real foods, whole foods, limit sugar. Um, after teeth are coming in, milk is not as important. If they're getting milk from the parent, uh, you know, that's the important stuff, not from a cow. Milk from cows is designed to, you know, grow um, a little cow a thousand pounds in a year. It's not designed for human consumption genetically. Um, so I think the, eating the rainbow, getting kids used to mm, 
eating lots of colors, lots of flavors, lots of textures um, versus, you know, being really focused on just the things that they like. It, it, you set up certain patterns that then it becomes difficult to move away from the rice, the pasta, the pizza. So the principles that I apply to myself is, you know, try to, and again, this is for the whole family. It's almost like try to re reduce the white stuff sort of sugar, dairy after a certain, after a certain age, um, starches, carbohydrates, uh, focus on colors, lots of variance in fruits and vegetables and, and high quality proteins. And I think with those things, you've got like the great basis for an excellent diet for the, uh, for the family. Uh, and again, my similar to a theme that we started at the beginning, it's not so much what you feed your kids that matters. It's also how the family eats because that kid is registering everything that is going on. So if, you know, you're feeding the kid, you know, this wonderful, you know, little organic puree that you've made, but you run over and then have your own, you know, bag of Doritos, they're getting conflicting messages. And they're registering that. They're going to want what you're eating. It's like that crunchy stuff with a colorful thing. That looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, if I could add in, I think the importance of family meals. Uh, yep. Oftentimes in, in our world today, everyone is so busy running in different directions. But it, at the very young age, starting the process of sitting down as a family, um, even if you're holding your little one and having that time together, you know, then in the high chair, just having that connected time as often as possible is yeah. also important. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think when you can, giving yourself the space to let the kids explore with the food. I mean, again, food, textures, smells, colors, and, and, and you can create shapes with peas. I mean, when I was... You know, when I was growing up, you know, what did my parents say? Don't, don't play with your food. It's actually, no, play with your food. I mean, be respectful. Don't throw it all over the place. But, you know, they'll, when they get older, they'll learn what you should, should do and not do at the dinner table. Um, but I encourage people, play with your food. <laughs> Use it as, as a great moment to share, to give. It's like, give a little bit to me. I give to you. Oh, let's count your, you know, uh, strawberries. Mm -hmm. Make shapes, make faces uh, with fruits, with food. That's what we used to do. Face plates. Lots yep, of fun. Exactly. Yep. Lots yep. of fun. Yep. That's how we got the vegetables and fruit. <laughs> we made face plates and then we ate them. So yeah, you have to be creative. You have to be creative. That's a great way to, to bring food to life. So I would love for you to share a little bit uh, again with our listeners about where they can learn more about this incredible movement that you've uh, been part of and the documentary Brain Matters and really to get involved. What can they do? Fantastic. Well, uh, first of all, uh, we're, we went live um, January 29th. And not only uh, have we released the film for free, so it's on YouTube. Anybody can watch it, um, and there'll be a link. Uh, there'll be a link uh, to the to the film in in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, but we also launched a petition, a change.org petition, uh, sort of targeting the G20 heads of state and heads of state of the United Nations member countries, because all of these folks have made commitments to support early childhood development, and they're falling behind. Um, so one thing to get involved is sign the petition. That's going to go a long way in, in, in bringing the overall agenda. Um, in our website, uh, which is brainmattersfilm.com, 
there is a resources section where there's short clips, there's materials um, to go a little bit deeper in the subjects. We connect to some of the, the, the sites that give uh, parents different tools. Uh, if you want to host a screening uh, within your local community, you know, there's tools and they're available to, to help facilitate that process. I guess our aspiration is for anybody that watches the film uh, and if they're moved by the subject, consider that the film is now yours. Uh, and take it on board, share it, have other people see it, engage people in conversations around it. And I think the website and our Facebook page, which is uh, Brain Matters uh, Doc, uh, Facebook, because we can use film, um, we're going to be posting lots of different resources and, and things. So I think that the, the best thing is, you know, if you're interested in the subject matter, watch the film. It's going to be on YouTube. Sign the petition on our Facebook page. There are a lot of resources, and the main website will also have tons of stuff. And I would encourage, you know, anyone that is moved by this to, you know, set up a screening, invite family members and people of your communities to to get together um, to discuss how important this topic is, uh, so you can see the impact that we can all have very easily and very quickly uh, with our own little ones, and then the little ones of other people. It's awesome. So there's so many ways to get involved, and I will make sure to share these in the show notes so all our listeners can uh, just click, click away and move into uh, whatever is speaking to them to be involved. It's an incredible documentary having, having seen it uh, in its early, <laughs> its early um, onset. I just can't speak highly enough about how important this is as well. And um, Stephen, thank you so much for being here with me today and for all that you do in this world. It's really important. Well, great. I mean, thank you for having me on and thank you for supporting us in our, in our mission to just get this out there and realize that we can all make, we can all change the world by the way we change how we, we interact with kids. Absolutely. And to the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.